Welcome, everybody, yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you're enjoying your day, sweet, if not, what the hell ever. And it is time for a special episode of the podcast. Gonna be going over Eddie Guerrero's entire WWE run. I'm. This is gonna be from 2000 to 2001, and then his return from 2002 up until his passing in 2005. I will not be covering the negative stuff, like, where they exploited his name. I just want to talk about his, like, career highlights and stuff on the positive note rather than the way that WWE used his name after his passing. So we're going to get, we're not going to talk about this though, okay? want to make that clear. So to start it off, let's do it. In January of 2000, Eddie Guerrero jumped ship from WCW to the WWF with Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn as a group known as the Radicals. The group would be put into matches to try to earn WWF contracts, but tragedy struck right away when Eddie Guerrero was injured in his tag match on the February 3rd, 2000 episode of SmackDown while executing his frog splash. His dislocated elbow injury would sideline him for a few weeks as a result, and the entire group actually, right after the show, went up turning heel by aligning with Triple H. And upon returning from injury, Eddie would start pursuing China as his mamacita, stating that she can't resist his Latino heat. And a bit of a side note, if there's actually a shoot interview that you can probably watch here on YouTube, where Eddie would reveal that the inspiration for the Latino Heat label came from the movie The Birdcage, where a male-made character actually said that people couldn't resist his Guatemalan heat. So that kind of gave the inspiration for the whole Latino Heat name. Kind of a fun trivia there. Well, Eddie would finally win his first championship in the WWF the night after WrestleMania 16, after China helped him defeat Chris Jericho to win the European Championship, or to win the European Championship and become his mamacita. Now, despite being a heel couple, do what actually would get popular with the fans and turn face throughout the summer. And Eddie was also be unsuccessful in the whole King of the Ring tournament as time went along. And Eddie's run as European champion sadly would come to an end at fully loaded when he dropped the championship to Perry Saturn. Things would also become turbulent afterwards for the couple with himself and China after China became Intercontinental Champion in a mixed tag match at SummerSlam. And shortly thereafter, Eddie would win the championship in a triple threat match against China and fellow challenger Kurt Angle to become Intercontinental Champion when China was knocked out and he was trying to say, Oh, I'm worrying about my mamacita. So things would get really turbulent and Eddie would at one point start to mistreat China. Things did seem to get patched up as China accepted Eddie's marriage proposal. But things came to an end for this relationship after a GTV segment showed Eddie in the shower with two of the Godfather's hoes. So as a result, the couple would be broken up and Eddie was turned heel. Now I mentioned this part in the three-part special for the podcast of matches to, uh, subjected to cards subject to change. Eddie was going to defend the Intercontinental Championship against Billy Gunn at no mercy, but the match would be delayed due to Eddie having a bit of an injury on the Raw before the pay-per-view against Chris Jericho. And Eddie would later on lose the Intercontinental Championship to Billy Gunn on the November 23rd, 2000 episode of SmackDown, and around this time he would resume his alliance with his radical stablemates. Now, Eddie would also be missing television for around the month of January, but would return in February and would also take part in the Fatal 4-Way match for the Intercontinental Championship against Chris Jericho, X-Pac, and Chris Benoit with, of course, Jericho retaining his championship at the pay-per-view. Eddie would then move into a feud with Test going into WrestleMania and would defeat Test for the European Championship, but would then drop the championship later that month to Matt Hardy. Now, after this, Eddie would seemingly turn babyface and align himself with Team Extreme, being the Hardy Boys and Lita, but the storyline unfortunately was cut short at the end of May when Eddie was sent to rehab due to his painkiller addiction. And we wouldn't see Eddie back for a while because 
Before the end of the year, around six months later, Eddie would get arrested for a DUI and as a result would be released from his WWF contract. After spending some time working on achieving sobriety, repairing his marriage, and working in other companies like Ring of Honor and World Wrestling All-Stars, Eddie would re-sign with the WWF and return on the April 1st, 2002 episode of, Smack of Raw as a heel by targeting Rob Van Dam in the Intercontinental Championship. Eddie would go on to cheat to defeat Rob Van Dam at Backlash to become champion and would later drop the championship back to RVD about a month later on the May 27, 2002 edition of Raw in a ladder match, the match most well known for the fan who jumped in the ring and knocked over the ladder with Eddie on it. Now, following this feud, Eddie would form a team with Chris Benoit and was starting a feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but the feud would end up being abruptly dropped when Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out of the company. After Eddie failed to defeat Ric Flair, the King of the Ring pay-per-view, himself and Chris Benoit would jump ship over to SmackDown, and Eddie would start a feud with Edge. Edge would go on to defeat Eddie at SummerSlam, and Eddie would win the rematch at Unforgiven after using the exposed turnbuckle as his, for his advantage at Unforgiven, and then Edge would win the final match a few days later in a no-DQ match on the September 26, 2002 episode of SmackDown. Great match, by the way. After Unforgiven, Eddie would start to form a tag team with his nephew Chavo Guerrero, known as Los Guerreros. Very fun tag team there. And the team would actually win the WWE Tag Team Championships in a triple threat tag team elimination match at Survivor Series against champions Edge and Rey Mysterio and fellow challengers Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Now, as time went along as we went into 2003, the team would actually start to get popular with the fans, especially because they were airing those vignettes about the whole we lie, we cheat, we steal stuff, like with... Stealing women from a couple of rich guys, or having a pool party at a rich woman's pool area, or even stealing stuff from a woman and her baby. So, as 2003 started to kick in, they returned babyface. And their tag team title run would end up coming to an end on the February 6, 2003 episode of SmackDown, when they lost the tag team championships to the world's greatest tag team, a.k.a. Team Angle, being Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie Haas. Now, the Guerreros, Los Guerreros would fail to regain the Tag Team Championships at both WrestleMania 19 and Backlash. And they were set to challenge for the Tag Team Championships at Judgment Day in a Tag Team Ladder Match. However, Chavo Guerrero would end up suffering a biceps injury less than a week before the pay-per-view, and as a result, Tajiri would end up taking Chavo's place in the Tag Match and would end up successfully teaming and winning the Tag Team Championships with Eddie from the World's Greatest Tag, from the world's greatest tag Team, formerly known as, at this point, as Team Angle. Now, their tag team title reign, unfortunately, would end a little over a month later because on the July 3rd, 2003 episode of SmackDown, the tag team of Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri would drop the championships back to the world's greatest tag team. And after the match, Eddie would turn heel by assaulting Tajiri while using his lowrider truck as a weapon. And surprisingly, the following week, despite being a heel now, Eddie would still receive positive responses from the crowd when he asked them if they could blame him for attacking Tajiri after their match. Yeah, so that should show how charismatic Eddie is if he can still get the positive reaction just by being a heel. Now, around this time also, Eddie would participate in the tournament to crown the first ever WWE United States Champion after it was rechristened under the WWE brand as the SmackDown Mid-Card Championship and would win the championship against Chris Benoit at Vengeance to become the first WWE United States Champion. And after retaining the championship in a fatal four-way at SummerSlam against Rhino, Tajiri, and Chris Benoit, Eddie would turn face once again by entering a short-lived feud with John Cena. 
And on the September 18, 2003 episode of SmackDown, Eddie would become a double champion as himself and Chavo would defeat the world's greatest tag team on the September 18, 2003 episode of SmackDown, become tag team champions, so Eddie at this point was a tag team champion and United States champion simultaneously. But then Eddie's fortunes would turn sour because at no mercy he would lose the United States Championship to the Big Show and later on that week, Will Scarrows would lose the Tag Team Championships to the Basham Brothers. And then his bad luck would end up causing tension between the Los Guerreros tag team, leading to their dissolution in the lead to the Royal Rumble, starting a feud between the two that was kind of getting Kurt Angle a little bit involved. And when they had their match at the Royal Rumble, Eddie would defeat Chavo Guerrero Jr. despite interference from Chavo Guerrero Sr., aka Chavo Classic. And unfortunately the feud would be cut short here because of what would be happening at this same night. Because on the same night, Chris Benoit would end up winning the Royal Rumble match and chose to jump ship over to Monday Night Raw to compete for the World Heavyweight Championship. As a result, SmackDown General Manager Paul Heyman would book a SmackDown Royal Rumble to determine the number one contender to Brock Lesnar's WWE Championship at No Way Out, and Eddie would win the match after last eliminating Kurt Angle. This build would end up getting really personal as it would bring up Eddie's past addiction issues and how Eddie was using them now to try to redeem himself and prove his doubters wrong, like Brock Lesnar and so many others. Now, when you get to the pay-per-view match, which was a fantastic match, by the way, after Goldberg's interference and some cheating antics on his own, Eddie would defeat Brock Lesnar and Noe out with the Frog Splash to win his only WWE Championship and celebrate with the fans and his family ringside and the Mexican flag and everything. One of the best feel-good moments in WWE history. But earlier on that same night, Kurt Angle would defeat John Cena and The Big Show in a triple threat match to gain the number one contendership to, current, to Eddie Guerrero's WWE Championship at WrestleMania, and would turn heel by saying that he's, Eddie's a disgrace to the WWE Championship and he's a criminal and all that nonsense. So both men would face off at WrestleMania 28 in a really great match, and Eddie would win after slipping out of his boot while being put in the ankle lock and rolled up Kurt Angle while also using the ropes to retain his WWE Championship. But things were not all as great as they seemed because after WrestleMania, due to Big Show being injured, Kurt Angle suffering a neck injury in his match at WrestleMania against Eddie Guerrero and Brock Lesnar leaving the company, the company would have to scramble to become to choose a new number one contender to the WWE Championship for Eddie Guerrero, and this led to the rise of JBL, aka Bradshaw, and their feud really got crazy in the build to Judgment Day which involved JBL going after Mexicans who were trying to cross the border into the U.S., and even causing Eddie's mom to have a health scare, whether it's real or not, has been debated over the years. The both men would end up having their match at Judgment Day for the WWE Championship and would end up being one of the bloodiest matches ever after Eddie bladed himself too deeply after taking a chair shot to the head at ringside after the referee bump, and Eddie would end up getting himself disqualified at the end of the match by hitting JBL with the WWE Championship, and post-match, Eddie would seek medical attention due to the excessive blood loss he suffered during the match. Now, Eddie was also putting, having pressure and injury issues, because off-screen, Eddie would start to put blame and pressure on himself for SmackDown's declining viewership during his reign in, as WWE Champion. And Harker Holly also noted in his book that Eddie was dealing with some back issues, and at one point was even begging WWE to give him time off to recover, which WWE declined. And instead, they just thought, oh, we'll just put him in a feud with Kurt Angle. But it's like, that's not the equivalent of time off. There's a difference between Kurt Angle and being WWE Champion. So Eddie would continue his feud with JBL and would drop the WWE Championship to JBL in a Texas bull roll match at the Great American Bash and lose their steel cage rematch on SmackDown afterwards due to a match triangle interfering, costing Eddie the match. 
So these two would reignite their feud going into SummerSlam, and then Kurt Angle this time would make Eddie submit to the ankle lock, not falling for the same antics that Eddie tried to pull at WrestleMania. After this, Eddie would defeat Luther Reigns at No Mercy, and his own team would also defeat Team Angle at Survivor Series. And Eddie was also at Armageddon, taking part in the Fatal 4-Way WWE Championship match against JBL, Booker T, and Undertaker for the WWE Championship, but JBL would retain after pinning Booker T after the, using the clothesline from hell. And one of the other really fun bright spots was that the Royal Rumble coming up the next month, Eddie would enter in number one and would fail to win the match, but you probably best remember this night for... Eddie stealing Eddie or stealing Ric Flair's number for the match as well as his wallet, and also joining in on the chop fest to Daniel Peter during his time during the match. Very fun moments there. Now following this, Eddie would team up with Rey Mysterio and would go on to defeat the Basham brothers to win the WWE Taking Championships in No Way Out. And then at WrestleMania, since neither man had any feuds going on, Eddie and Ray ended up having a Taking Champion versus Taking Champion match at WrestleMania with Rey Mysterio winning. But then the tag team would lose their tag team titles to the debuting Eminem shortly thereafter on the April 21st, 2005 episode of SmackDown. Now around this time as well, Eddie and Ray were starting to have some dissension. And Eddie started to get this message in his head that he's not good enough to be Ray and started obsessing over it. Even though Eddie did beat Ray to retain the WWE Championship about a year prior on SmackDown. So yeah, redoing history there. And Eddie would seemingly save Ray from an attack by Travel Carrera and Eminem on the May 5th, 2005 episode of SmackDown, but then right afterwards would turn heel by obliterating Rey Mysterio and taking his mask. So this would start up a big feud with Eddie having his big goal to defeat his so-called best friend. Both men would first have a match at Judgment Day where Eddie would get himself disqualified after hitting Rey Mysterio in midair with the steel chair. But then the feud would really get dark because Eddie was starting to get Ray's son Dominic involved in wanting to tell his nephew a bedtime story, and was threatening to reveal a secret involving Ray Mysterio and had Dominic tied into it, and would vow that if Ray could defeat him at the Great American Bash, he would keep his mouth shut. Ray would win at the Great American Bash, but then Eddie said, oh, about keeping my mouth shut? I lied. And then when Ray was about to attack Eddie, Eddie spilled the beans that Ray is not actually Dominic's father, Eddie was his poppy, and revealed in the bedtime story that back in the day, Ray was having a hard time conceiving a child with his wife, so Eddie gave up his son Dominic via adoption to Ray Mysterio to help his best friend. But because of this, Eddie wanted his son back. This would lead to a big match, the latter match custody of Dominic at SummerSlam. Winner gets Dominic back as their son, and Ray would win the match. But you probably best remember for a few botches, and especially one where Vicky Guerrero, Mr. Q, and Eddie went up, and Ray had to improvise for a little bit of time there. And Eddie was pounding on the mat screaming, God damn it, motherfucker, where the fuck was Vicky? One of the most well known moments from that show. So once again, Ray beat Eddie. But then Eddie would finally get his long awaited win by defeating Ray Mysterio in a steel cage match on the September 9, 2005 episode of SmackDown to finally conclude this feud. After the Ray feud concluded, Eddie would be named the number one contender to Batista's World Heavyweight Championship going into No Mercy. On screen, Eddie claimed to be Batista's friend, but Batista didn't trust due to Eddie's past with lying and cheating and stealing. So it would be a real test of how good their friendship is and if Eddie really changed his ways. You get to No Mercy, and Batista would retain the World Heavyweight Championship against Guerrero, with Eddie refusing to revert back to his cheating ways when he had the opportunity with a steel chair in hand. Now, right after the pair of you went off the air, Batista 
had the crowd sing along doing a happy birthday singing to Eddie Guerrero because No Mercy was his birthday and would also be his last pay-per-view match. After this, Eddie would turn babyface by reverting back to doing the whole low rider and entrance and everything like that. And his, uh, on November 11, 2005 episode of SmackDown, Eddie would defeat Mr. Kennedy via disqualification by doing his smoking gun shtick to win via disqualification and take part in the to qualify for Team SmackDown for Survivor Series. But unfortunately, this would end up being Eddie Guerrero's final match, not only on television, but also in his life. Because two days after this aired on television, Eddie Guerrero would pass away in his nephew Chavo's arms from heart failure in the bathroom of his hotel room at the young age of 38. Raw would air the next night as a tribute show to Eddie with the WWE roster gathering on the stage in a highly emotional state. Eddie would be given a ton bell salute and a video tribute would play to Eddie to the song Hurt by Johnny Cash. And throughout the show, you would get personal video tributes by WWE superstars in dedication to Eddie. A couple big notable tributes you would see during all this would be JDL who discussed Eddie going to bat for him to become WWE champion and become a main eventer the year prior. And we all remember also Chris Benoit who broke down emotionally while giving a new, his own tribute to his fallen friend. SmackDown would also follow a similar format that same week with Batista opening the show, uh, excuse me, opening the show and giving an emotional tribute to his friend who he was growing close to in real life and even left his World Heavyweight Championship on the hood of one of Eddie's lowriders, vowing to make sure that it, the fans never forgot Eddie again. And also as a result of Eddie's passing, Chavo Guerrero would abandon his crew and white gimmick that he was sporting at this time, and Randy Orton would end up taking Eddie Guerrero's spot in the Survivor Series tag match. The following year, Eddie would end up being the headline inductee into the 2006 WWE Hall of Fame, which was accepted by his widow, Vicky. And throughout the years, Eddie's name would be brought up in storylines. In fact, right after Eddie's passing, Ray would win the Royal Rumble match and dedicate it in honor of his fallen friend, as well as winning the World Heavyweight Championship WrestleMania in his name. Vicky would end up getting a job as an on-screen character following WrestleMania 22, as well as having occasional matches from time to time. And a bit of a fun moment that I'm sure we can all truly look fondly on, Vicky uh, Rowe would depart from being a full-time WWE character after the June 23, 2014 episode of Raw, where on that night she lost her job after losing what has essentially been described as a pudding match to Stephanie McMahon with her job on the line. Post-match, Vicky would end up paying tribute to Eddie by doing his signature strut and mouthing the words, I love you while looking up at the sky and going back up the hallway to Eddie Guerrero's entrance theme. So yeah, this was an absolutely fantastic career, and it's amazing that Eddie was able to redeem himself after just falling on hard times with addiction and struggling with sobriety and trying to just fix everything because he ended up losing his job in 2001. If I had to give Eddie Guerrero's WWE career a grade, it's definitely an A. A ton of fantastic matches, still look finally on to this day, one of the most charismatic and passionate wrestlers to ever be in the business, and still has a legacy that everybody loves. I mean, you they revived the LWO and WWE, and at the beginning of their entrance music, you have Eddie's Diva La Raza, which you heard from his entrance theme for part of an intro. So yeah, Eddie Guerrero's WWE career definitely gets an A, in terms of an overall grade. But I want you to let me know in the comments section below, what did you think about Eddie Guerrero's time in WWE from 2000-2001 as well as his 2002-2005 run? And it's also a shame because also it's been reported at WrestleMania 22 he was going to face Shawn Michaels. And that would have been a fantastic match. But unfortunately, we'll never get that match.
And it's one of those best dream matches we can still fantasize to this day. But anyway, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you did, remember, please leave a like and subscribe to the bell. Turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube or follow if you're listening to this podcast on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I will catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out and good day, everybody.